Welcome back, Crimeaholics. It's your host, Holly, and I'm back with another episode of our Missing Mondays. Missing Mondays is a segment that was created by Kinsey and I to help keep missing persons' name and information in the media the best we can and to aid in their return home. 90,000 people in the U.S. are missing at any given time, and while some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. On this segment of Missing Mondays, I will be sharing the information about Rebecca Quarium. Have you ever been on a cruise ship or even dreamed of going on a cruise ship? I myself have always dreamed of lounging on the deck of a cruise ship with my husband, sipping cocktails while we sailed to paradise, or enjoying the nightlife on a cruise ship once the sun sank down and the stars came out. But while researching today's Missing Mondays case, I came across a little fact that I had no idea about. The crime on cruise ships have been on the rise. I myself often think of a cruise ship as safer than actually visiting a resort, but man, oh man, I was surprised. Forbes reported that in a 2019 FBI quarterly report, there was 35 sexual assaults that were reported between July 1st and September 30th of 2019. And what's absolutely crazy is these 35 assaults during this quarter represented a 35% increase from the previous quarter and a 67% year-over-year increase from the same time in 2018. These incidents and other crimes are happening on all major cruise ships, including Disney Cruises. Today's case is one I can't wait to discuss in our discussion group, so make sure you find us on Facebook at Crimeaholics Podcast Discussion Group. As I said, crimes are happening on all cruise ships, including Disney, and that's exactly where Rebecca Corium went missing from. Rebecca Corium was born March 11, 1987 in Chester, England. She grew up living with her parents, her sister Rachel, and her two foster brothers. She graduated from Chester Catholic High School and spent some time working at the Chester Zoo. She joined the British Army Cadets and went to Plymouth University. While in college, she studied sports science. She took extra classes in youth studies at Liverpool Hope University and spent months teaching sports at Camp America in the United States. Rebecca's friends and family described her as a happy-go-lucky girl and was full of energy and overall just a truly happy person. She was literally a ray of sunshine in her friends and family's lives. And what better way to use her bubbly, happy personality than to work for Disney where being a bundle of sunshine is a requirement. On June of 2010, Rebecca traveled to London for an interview for a Disney cruise position. She wanted the opportunity to be able to have a fun job and get to travel and being on the cruise ship was exactly what she wanted. And to her surprise, she was hired. For her training, she traveled to Florida where she trained on the actual Disney park and got to learn the ropes of being a Disney worker. She enjoyed her time there and was so excited to begin this new journey working for Disney Cruises. She began her work on the Disney Wonder, which ports out of Los Angeles. She got to visit all of the ports of call on the Mexican Riviera and went through the Panama Canal. Despite being a 24-year-old adult, Rebecca made sure to remain in constant contact with her family while out to sea. While working on the ship, Rebecca worked as a youth worker. 
And I couldn't exactly find what that meant, but I'm assuming she worked in an area where kids were taken to enjoy some fun while the parents get to enjoy some quiet time away from them. Kind of like a childcare area is my guess. During her time working for the cruise ship, her grandfather passes away and she was able to fly home and attend his funeral. She was there for about two weeks before heading back to L.A. to continue work, and unfortunately this was the last time that her family was able to physically see her in person. On March 21st, 2011, the cruise ship Disney Wonder set off again from Los Angeles and was beginning their journey at sea. Rebecca sent her mom a message over Facebook to check in with them, letting them know that they had departed again and that she would call them the following day. Her mom replied, and after 12 hours of no response and no phone call from Rebecca, they began to worry about her. Again, she was one that constantly kept in contact with her family over Facebook, and then all of a sudden there's just radio silence. It was very concerning for her family. On March 22, 2011, Rebecca was due for her shift to begin at 9 a.m. When she didn't show up, they sent crew members to go look in her cabin to see if she had overslept or if she was ill. When she wasn't there, they began paging her over the cruise ship's intercom system, and again, she never popped up. It wasn't until late that evening that Disney called Rebecca's parents to let them know that their daughter was missing at sea. And as parents, I am sure their minds were going a million miles a minute thinking about the worst. Being missing at sea can truly mean one thing. If nobody can find her on the ship, then the logical thing to think about is that she went overboard. Which this had her family in a panic because if she wasn't dead before going over the side of the ship, the fall alone would have killed her. So they began looking into what could have happened to Rebecca. They knew that Rebecca had spent the evening at the bar with her friends, who were also crew members, hanging out and enjoying their downtime. They then pulled their surveillance footage from the various decks to see if they could trace her next steps. Caught on camera at 5.45 a.m., Rebecca is seen in the cruise lounge on deck one making a phone call. During her time on the phone, she looks visibly upset and distraught. She seemed so much upset that another person is caught on camera walking by and stopping to check on her, where she apparently tells him that she's fine and that person continues about their way. So clearly something was wrong, and whether it was a fight on the phone that caused her to be upset or she was upset before phoning someone, it's really unclear. But after she hangs up the phone, she is seen running her hands through her hair, putting her hands in her back pockets, and walking away. And this is literally the last trace of Rebecca. Disney flew her parents out to Los Angeles to be there when the ship docked back at the port, When they arrived, though, in Los Angeles, everything was set up for them by Disney. They were whisked away in this blacked-out SUV. When the ship pulled into port, the Coriums were taken to a side entrance so they can get on while passengers were getting off the ship. All of which seems like an effort to kind of keep this whole thing really hush-hush. Disney isn't often in the media for negative things, and it seems as if they are trying to keep it that way since it's supposedly to be the happiest place on earth. I also think that they hustled them in quietly and unannounced because early the following morning, a new set of passengers were to set sail once again. So the Coriums get onto the ship from this mysterious side entrance and are taken into a room where they are sat down and shown the surveillance footage of Rebecca making that phone call. 
They both agreed that the way she was acting was normal for her for the most part, with her mannerisms of running her hands through her hair and putting her hands in her back pockets. After reviewing the tapes, the ship's captain came in to talk to them, and he gave them this conclusion on what happened to their daughter. He believes that Rebecca was swept off of Deck 5 by a rogue wave. Her parents were then taken to Deck 5 to view this area. In this area, there was a swimming pool for the crew, and what's odd about this is it was surrounded by walls reaching over 6 feet in height. After checking out Deck 5, they were taken to the crew's living quarters and shown Rebecca's cabin. While they were there, they were shown a sandal that had been recovered from Deck 5 and they were told that it had belonged to Rebecca. After all of this, her parents questioned whether this was truly what happened to their daughter. They felt uneasy about all of it and Disney Cruise refused to entertain any other idea of a possibility that something more sinister happened to their daughter. They said that they didn't have any kind of footage from this area to show that their explanation was right. The Royal Bahamas Police Force were assigned this case because the cruise ship was registered in the Bahamas for tax purposes. The RBPF assigned one single detective to this case and he was flown out to Los Angeles by Disney so he can conduct his investigation. He was also there when the ship ported. He interviewed zero of the 2,000-plus passengers and only spoke with six of the 950 employees on board. He spent one single day aboard the ship running his crappy investigation before he headed home and pretty much called it case closed. Which this whole situation is just so crappy. U.S. agencies apparently couldn't or wouldn't get involved, so they're stuck with this half-assed investigation with seriously zero interest to explore other possibilities. The following morning, the crew set sail despite the open and very much ongoing investigation. Disney, however, considered the matter put to rest and laid flowers on the site they claimed Rebecca was swept to sea at on Deck 5 in a quiet ceremony in remembrance of her. In May, just a few months after Rebecca vanished, her parents were notified that there had been activity on her bank account. Her family was hopeful that it was Rebecca somewhere living her life, but the lead fell short and nothing ever came of it. In September of 2011, Rebecca's uncle tried to access her Facebook account to see if there was any activity on there or any clues about if she potentially is out there somewhere living her life, but the families were surprised to find out that her password had been recently changed. And of course, law enforcement wasn't able to do any kind of follow-up with this either. Which I feel that both of these things are absolutely missed opportunities to find out more information, whether it be that Rebecca somehow escaped the boat without being noticed, or that someone had her information and was toying with it. Either way, the family was left with no answers and no new leads to work off of. A journalist for The Guardian named John Ronson set out to try and find answers on his own. He booked himself a trip on the Disney Wonder and retraced the route that Rebecca would have taken. While on there, he questioned several of the crew members about Rebecca. I will have the full article listed in the description of this episode, but one thing I wanted to mention was that several of the crew members gave him answers that seemed like they were coached into what to say if asked. He also came to the conclusion that there was no way that some sort of CCTV footage could have missed Rebecca going overboard because there was cameras literally everywhere hidden. He was also told that the call Rebecca made had to have been recorded. 
that apparently literally everything on ship from what one of the crew members said was recorded and there's no way that Disney didn't have this phone call on record. He also concluded that the fifth floor deck did not seem likely someone could fall off because of the tall surrounding walls that were in place for safety. He states that if she could have gone overboard anywhere, it would have been the fourth floor. So obviously, I am sure you've come up with some theories of your own, as I have my own, and the internet is flooded with tons of theories, so let's dive into some of those. So the Coriums hired a private investigator named Roy Ram, who is a former specialist of Scotland Yard. They also got the help from Chester MP Chris Matheson and former Deputy Prime Minister Lord Prescott. They were able to uncover some information that leads to several of the possibilities that are out there about what happened. Disney has always claimed that a rogue wave came and swept Rebecca off of Deck 5. When looking into the weather and ocean conditions near Puerto Vallarta, where the ship was located when she went missing, there was no record anywhere that there had been any stormy weather, let alone a rogue wave that could have reached 100 feet high needed to be able to reach someone on Deck 5. Another thing worth noting here is that that sandal that was allegedly found on Deck 5 that Disney claimed was Rebecca's, the sandal had the name and cabin number of another crewmate written on it. And both her friends and family all stated that the sandal was the wrong size and not the style Rebecca would normally wear. So the next theory is that Rebecca had actually jumped overboard to commit suicide. All of her friends and family painted this picture of Rebecca to the media as someone who was bubbly and happy and energetic. But there was a few crew members who were on ship with Rebecca that stated that she had an underlying sadness about her. In 2017, a woman that Rebecca was romantically involved with named Tracy Medley came out to speak about her disappearance and the night she vanished. She states that the night of her disappearance, Rebecca, Tracy, and a boyfriend of Tracy's engaged in a threesome. She claims that possibly the shock of sharing Tracy with the other person may have shifted Rebecca's happy-go-lucky attitude into something much darker, and that she couldn't handle it so she climbed over the six-foot wall on deck five and jumped to her death. However, Rebecca's family is adamant that she did not take her own life. Another theory, of course, is murder. In 2016, the private investigator working on the case had uncovered a ripped pair of shorts that had been recovered from Rebecca's cabin, which to the PI and other recruited help he had, this to them was pointing in the direction of sexual assault. Investigators also questioned the clothing that Rebecca is seen wearing in the footage of her on the phone. It appeared to be men's pajamas. They speculate that a sexual assault occurred she grabbed the man's clothing and dashed out in a quick attempt to escape. They theorized that it was, in fact, murder. When Rebecca's girlfriend broke her silence, she stated that those clothes belonged to the man the pair had a threesome with. She also stated that Rebecca woke her up in a panic, wanting to go for a walk, and wanted Tracy to go with her. But Tracy was drunk and didn't want to get out of bed. According to her girlfriend, she had a lot of emotional issues and wasn't the stable girl her family makes her out to be. As I stated at the beginning of this episode, I would love to hear your guys' opinions on what happened to Rebecca. There's a lot of questions left unanswered. Let us know if you think it was suicide, murder, or purely an accident because I am kind of left unsure. 
If you guys also haven't heard, we are now on TikTok at crimeaholics.podcast. Be sure to follow us on there for some more crime stories that we don't plan to cover on the podcast. We are also on Instagram at crimeaholics.podcast. Crimeaholics, that is all for now. As always, until next time, be aware and take care. Thank you.